Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. The enemy just tried to whisper and say, well, don't say that because what if it doesn't happen? (laughs) So now I know I have to say it. (laughs) And as we were praying, I just, I could see a multitude of people up here at the altar. A multitude of people at the altar, row after row after row. Every one of them was kneeling. And everyone was coming to salvation. And everyone was seeing miracles and wonders being done in their life. And there were so many people up here kneeling down that they were spilling into each and every one of these fingers that come down these aisleways. And so, Father, we are thanking you for that ahead of time. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when it's going to happen. But you said, Pastor Pam said that this... We will not recognize this church one year from now. And she said that in January. And so we are calling forth an unrecognizable church here at Erie Christian Fellowship Church by January of next year. Father, I thank you for multitudes upon multitudes coming. I thank you, Father, that you've told us our vision is even too small, that you've got more in store, greater realms and spheres of influence. And we thank you for them. Lord, we thank you you are calling those from the north and the south and the east and the west, those who are hurting, those who are lost, not those who are filled with religion, but those who are seeking and hurting and needing a change in their life. Father, we are not praying for transfer growth. We're praying for salvation growth. We're praying for lives being changed. We want every single church in Erie to be growing, growing and growing. And Father, the word traffic jams keeps coming up. Traffic jams, Father. And Father, we are praying and believing for traffic jams even on a Wednesday, Father, as we are coming together. We thank you for it. We thank you for the multitudes that are coming. We pray for each and every one of them. We thank you that you're calling them here. Thank you, Father. And Father, we lift up these other prayer requests to you. In 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 20, it says, for all, for all the promises of God, all the promises of God, every one of these prayer requests is asking for a promise of God. The thousands upon thousands of promises, they're asking for one of these, but your word says for all of the promises of God in him are yes are yes. All of the promises in Him are yes. And in Him, amen to the glory of God through us. So Father, we thank You now. Yes and amen. Yes and amen is our declaration over each and every one of these prayer requests. We thank You, Father, that Your Word has promise after promise after promise. Each, there's a specific promise that lines up with every specific prayer request on here. And so, Father, we take that specific promise in your word that you have just showed us is yes and amen. 
all of them, not some of them, not just a couple of them, not just for some and not for others, but all of the promises are yes and amen. So, Father, each one of these, whether we're praying for Norm tonight, Father, yes and amen for what's going on in his life. We're praying for Carly, yes and amen, Father, in her life, healing and wholeness. We're praying for Tammy. We're praying for someone who has an unknown person for their son and his medical concerns. Yes and amen, it is done in the name of Jesus. Father, we just pray and lift up Mary to you. Father, we thank you that she is healed and whole in Jesus' name. We thank you for Debbie, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you are providing for that family in every way, shape, and form. And Father, we lift up Nikki Carell to you tonight in the name of Jesus. We tell these dermoid cysts to go in Jesus' name. They are not allowed to be in her body because her body is possessed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of her. That's the only thing that will possess the inside inside of her, and everything else that is not of him must go. And tonight it is yes and amen over that. Yes and amen. Dermatoid cysts, you shrink, you shrivel up, and you disappear now in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for Patty and everything that's going on in her life. We just pray for your continued guidance, your wisdom, and your mercy. And we lift up Steve to you as well, Father. Every prayer request on here is yes and amen. Yes and amen. And so, Father, we lift up a family to you that I was made known about. It's not here in Erie. It's somewhere else in in the Bethlehem area who has Huntington disease. I didn't even know what that is, but it's a terrible disease, and it must go in the name of Jesus. So, Father, we ask that family, we speak for Tom, for Elise, and for Amy. That family, Father, Amy's only 30 years old, and she is already being affected, and we say no to that. And we say yes and amen to the promises of God, to the promises of health and wholeness and healing. And tonight, Father, we call heaven to this earth. We call your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven in that family's life. And we thank you for the testimonies, the testimonies, the testimonies that are coming. And Father, specifically, we also lift up Sarah and Ryan. We lift up that family to you. It's the family we prayed for at Grace Church after she gave part of her testimony. And Father, that issue that she has is gone in Jesus' name. Father, thank you that is manifesting in her body now the complete healing power. We thank you for it. We thank you for it. And Lord, we lift up Pastor Ray Martinez and his daughter to you right now in Jesus' name. Father, we prayed for her once before, and it is done, and we are just calling it done again in the name of Jesus. That girl's healing and wholeness, her voice shall be restored 100%, and she will praise the name of the Lord with her voice, with boldness and with power and with clarity. Father, we just thank you that she will declare the works of the Lord. Father, we thank you that we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And his daughter is going to share that testimony on what you have done in her life. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Father, we love you. We praise you. Our eyes are turned towards you. Thank you, Father. We thank you that your promises are yes and amen. Thank you, Father. In your 
precious, precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, turn around and say hello to someone. Hello. Hello to someone. Oh, bright lights. How are we doing tonight? Good? All right, everybody see we got a little parking lot work going on out there. That's right, we're getting all sealed up. Praise the Lord, we're getting sealed up and ready to go. We got to prepare that parking lot for more cars. So this is just step one, we're getting the parking lot ready for some more cars. And the interesting thing is, you know, Uncle Don and I were talking about, uh, there's legally I think we're supposed to add another handicap spot and we're going to do that because legally we're going to do that and but it's interesting to me that we are just praying and believing for those who need that type of healing who need bodies restored who need you know what we put hand put them all as handicap spots because we just want people to come who need healing power of Jesus so we are excited about that we're excited about the parking lot who gets excited about a parking lot we do <laughs> We do. And we get excited about testimonies as well, don't we? Amen. We get excited about testimonies. Man, Brother Paul, when I listened to your message last night, man, what a great, what a great message. And I didn't know about the baby in the placenta. I didn't know about that, but I've added that quickly to my list. So if you haven't heard, but there was, a, there was like a hole in the placenta, uh, and this lady is down in Mexico, she's carrying uh, that baby, and man, we prayed for that, we prayed for that, and that hole was closed up, yes, it's closed up, it's good, it's ready to go, because I think she was 21 weeks or so, but man, what a wonderful testimony, and I just, yeah, yeah. There was 11 people that were instantly healed Sunday of joints. Praise God. There was really 12, because I had been talking to this knee. <laughs> Praise God. Awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I was watching on Facebook Live. I was trying to see it. So I know, I think maybe you maybe come up and say, well, have them raise their hand if they're here. Because I saw Maura Lee over here going like this, right? Maura Lee's like, it's good. I can tell from the back, you know, who people are. Just kind of know where they sit, right? And so you start counting them out. You're like, there's one, there's two, there's three. But then it was just like you didn't get them all counted. So I was wondering, I was wondering how many was it? So we got 12 people. 12 people. Praise God. God is good. God was good to us. You know, a testimony uh, for, for Liz and I, too, on Sunday, we, obviously we weren't here, uh, but we were moving Anna down to Pittsburgh, down to, uh, to an, a, really, a, it's a room inside of um, a couple's house where she's renting the room out, kind of like an apartment deal. And so we had been praying about where she should connect from a church perspective. And 
our first thing was just like, okay, so we started Googling, you know, churches in the Glenshaw, Shaler area, because we know Victory Church, that's like 35 minutes away, it's a little bit too far for her to drive, so like, where should we go? So there was a church that looked a, a lot like ours, like it was just, it seemed just like ours, and Liz was like, she started going, like, maybe this is it, and Holy Spirit was like, no, that's not it, and she's just like, wait, wait, well, why not? It looks like ours. It's kind of right down the street. This would be great. So she keeps clicking on the website, and God's like, no, this isn't it. And so we find another church uh, online. It's, it was six minutes away from where she's living. It's Allison Park Church. They're an Assembly of God church. And it's a big church, but God was just like, that's where I want her to go. I'm like, okay. So we go there on Sunday, and we walk into this church, and I'm telling you, this is a big church, okay? This is like, whoo, like we walked in, we thought we were in an airport. We're only in the lobby, right? I mean, it's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they had these greeters there, and we're obviously doing one of these things, right? So they know that we're new. I mean, there could be a thousand people in there, but there's the new people because they're looking around like they're in an airport, right? So that was us. So we're, look, we're looking around, they grab and say, hey, are you new here? Like, yeah, this is our daughter, Anna. And she is uh, moving down here to Pittsburgh, and she lives close here. We really want her to get connected into a church. And we really hope that, you know, that maybe this could be the place, whatever. And they were like brand new greeters, okay? So they have never, for those of you on the greeter team, they were like, they're just looking at us. They're like, okay. I was like, well, you guys have anything for youth? They're like, we don't know. You know, so they're being honest with me. They have no idea. Like, I heard there's something called, like, Red. It's called Youth Red. It meets afterwards, and she's like, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I was like, it's like, well, does anybody know who, like, maybe do you, is there someone who might know? She's like, oh, yeah, oh, look over here is the senior pastor of the church. So, I mean, we meet within five minutes in there, the senior pastor of the church. And so we're all of a sudden, hey, pastor, hey, pastor, right? So we're talking to him real quick. He's like, hey, let me go get my youth leader to come and talk to Anna. So within now seven minutes of us walking in, the youth leader is now having a conversation with Anna. They're exchanging phone numbers. They find out that she's down there to do dancing uh, at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. And she says, wait, what? My best friend danced at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater. Her name is Emily. You guys need to connect. We're like, yes, yes, yes. This is great. Is Emily here? Oh, well, Emily's going to the Northside campus today, so she's not going to be here. I'm like, okay, well, this is cool. This is all good. So they, she exchanged numbers, and we go walking into the sanctuary, and like, is there somebody running after us? And we turn around. Here comes Emily and Kyra, the girl that we met, and her friend who danced at Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, which is exactly what she's like. The Holy Spirit told me to come to this campus today. I didn't know why. I was going to the North campus, but I came here. Praise God. That is God working miracles. I mean, thousands of people at the church. So we meet the one person who doesn't know anything that's going on. So we meet the senior pastor, which meets the youth leader, which meets Emily, and they're connected. And they talked afterwards for 30 minutes. Emily and Anna, they're just talking about ballet, about God, and she's encouraging Anna. And we were just like, this is awesome. And at one point, she starts prophesying that Anna is going to be a light into PBT. And so Liz is standing here, I'm st or we're sitting at a table, and the two of them are there, and she's just prophesying. And Liz and I just kind of fold our arms, and we just kind of slide our chairs back. We're like, uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, this is good. And Anna's like just sitting there soaking it all in. So 
Praise God. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and says, no, don't go to that church because it, because it looks like this church, we need to obey. So thank you, God, for Liz, that she heard the Holy Spirit and she said, no, we're going to go to this church because this is where God was. And look at the connection. Look what God had planned and what he had in store. So praise God. What a great testimony. Okay, so this evening I want to talk about, I want to continue the series that I was doing. We had uh, Uncle Don last week talking about worship, which was awesome. Uh, if you weren't here, you should listen to the recording. We'll get that up uh, on the website. But I want to continue the Developing a Strong Spirit. Uh, we're doing this kind of mini-series here on Wednesday night, Developing a Strong Spirit. And a couple weeks ago, we talked about the indicators, and I had you guys write down those that were here, the indicators of a weak spirit and the indicators of a strong spirit. And it's, look, I get it, man. Sometimes we're on either side of that. Sometimes we feel like we're ping-ponging all throughout the day between the two. And we just kind of were talking about what does that differ mean. And it's good to have an indicator so that when we are responding in a certain way, it's indicating to us that something needs to change on the inside. Well, tonight, I want to talk about some of the enemies of a strong spirit. You see, we've been using the analogy during this series about the watermelon. And anybody remember the watermelon analogy? How many did not hear the watermelon analogy yet? Just be honest, raise your hand. Okay, let me just give you the quick watermelon analogy so you all can catch up with us. So if you go on YouTube, one of the greatest games in youth ministry ever is to see how many rubber bands you can put around a watermelon until it instantaneously blows up. Okay, and most people try to record it on slow motion digital camera so that you can see everybody going, whoa, and like they're getting just splattered with watermelon. Well, the analogy was is that these rubber bands are the issues of life. And the enemy continues to try to put more and more rubber bands around our watermelon, which is our spirit man, trying to crush us. Trying to crush us. And what we need to do is we need to be diligent about building up our spirit man. Saying, Lord, I need to build up my spirit man. Because you know what? The rubber bands don't stop. They keep coming. It's how we react to the rubber bands that is what makes the difference. The Bible says clearly that in this world, trials and tribulations, it will come. It's going to happen. It doesn't say you get to avoid every issue of life. It says it will come, but it says Jesus will get us through it all. But as we seek Jesus, as we seek to grow our spirit, man, we can make that watermelon tougher and tougher and tougher. And so the rubber bands really are kind of the issues of life that come at us. What I want to talk about tonight is the enemies of a strong spirit. These are the things that try to infiltrate on the inside of the watermelon. These are not the issues of life like, oh, the, I got into a car accident, my tire broke down, I got into a fight with my spouse, blah, blah, blah. All the rubber bands that start winding and winding and putting pressure. The enemies of a strong spirit are those little sneaky little things that try to get on the inside of that watermelon the spiritual things that try to get on the inside and try to weaken you, weaken your spirit from the inside. And I want to talk about those. There's really, there's really five major ones that I want to review tonight. But I want to go to the, the kind of the keynote scripture for this series, and it's Proverbs 18, 14. And we've been, been talking about it out of the Amplified Version. It says, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. Anything that comes after us, the strong spirit of man, it's the spirit of the man that sustains us. But a weak and broken spirit, 
who can raise up or bear? It's just like, right, like, oh my goodness. When we're going through stuff in life and we're really struggling and our spirit is a little bit weak, it's like, oh my goodness, right? It's, sometimes it's tough to deal with those types. Sometimes it's tough to deal with ourselves. And we get that. And this is what this is saying is who can raise up, who can bear that, right? Who can bear it? And what I always say is only Jesus, only Jesus. God has put people in our life to help us along the path, and he's put our spouses in relationships. But at the end of the day, we cannot look to anybody else for our fulfillment. Nobody else can provide the fulfillment in our life except for Jesus. Except for Jesus. So Hebrews 12, verse 1 in the Amplified. I just want to read this, read this to you. It says, Therefore then, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who have borne the testimony of Jesus, let us strip off and throw aside every encumbrance. So that means anything that's trying to get onto our spirit, we have got to get it off. We've got to throw it aside. This is unnecessary weight, it says. It's like trying to run a marathon and putting weighted shoes on and wearing these big, heavy fatigues. No, you don't run a marathon like that. You wear shorts that, like, your whole leg's exposed. Like, it's kind of like, whoa, like too much leg is showing. But you're you're thinking, I need need to have the least amount of wind resistance possible while I'm running, right? I mean, people even shave their head down so that the hair doesn't, doesn't cause too much wind resistance. Like, these are serious things. This is... The indicator, or the analogy here is we need to be serious about this. We need to take it seriously. We have to strip off and throw aside every encumbrance, every unnecessary weight, and sin which is so readily, deftly, and cleverly clings to us and entangles us. Oh, can we get this stuff off of us and let us run with patience, endurance, and steady and active persistence the appointed course for the race that is set before us? The appointed course. And so I want to talk about these five enemies of a strong spirit. The first one, the first one is worry and care. Worry and care. You see, the rubber band is going to be the rubber band. Again, it's how we respond to the rubber band, that issue in life, that worry and care that we begin to internalize. The Bible says that that actually profits us nothing when we worry and care. It can't add a cubic to our, our stature. It can't make us any bigger, any taller, any stronger. In fact, it does the absolute opposite. It only weakens us. Ezekiel 21.7 says this, And it shall be what then they say to you, Why do you sigh? That you shall answer because of the tidings. When it comes, every heart will melt And all hands will be feeble, and every spirit will faint, and all knees will be weak as the water. Worry and care, this is what this does to us. Fear and anxiety will drain us. We have to be diligent about getting rid of any excess weight, any fear, any worry, any care that comes after us. We need to get rid of it in our life. We have to see it coming. 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We want to deal with worry and care in our life. We want to combat worry and care in our life. It says humble ourselves. You know what that means? That means stop trying to do it all yourself. Stop trying to do everything yourself. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Every time I read that, I think of just bowing down before him like he's got this. I don't have it. 
So often we spend so much time worrying and caring about things we cannot even control. We cannot control. Anna drives into Pittsburgh and she gets frustrated because now she's in a city. And what says when there's no traffic, a 15-minute drive, now takes her 35 minutes to get somewhere. She's like, oh, my dad, I'm this. You can't control that. You live in a city and it takes long to get places. Guess what? You're not in Erie anymore, baby. Okay, you're not in Erie anymore. But we can't let that worry, that fear, that concern, that frustration take place or take root in our life. Because you know what? There's so many things that happen in this world we don't have any control over. There are things in our life that happen that we do have control over. And that is the power of our words and the things that we can say and the things we speak to and the things that can happen in our lives by the power of our words. But there are things that happen that we don't have control over. So therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. And what happens? That in due time, he may exalt you. If we just rest in him, knowing that he is going to take care of it, and that we stop striving on our own like there's some kind of amazing thing we can do to change a certain situation, if we would just rest, we would just relax. You know when we started looking for a church for Anna? Like, we found that church, like, this, like over the past week and a half. It's not like we've been, like, worrying about it, caring about it. It's just like, Lord, lead us. Lord, show us. He knew that Emily was going to come. He knew that that interaction was going to happen. He was just presenting it to us. Hey, here's where I want you to go. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be concerned about it. In due time, he may exalt you. Casting the whole of your cares. So what do we have to do? We have to cast the whole of our cares. How do we battle worry and care? We have to cast those cares to him, which means all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your concerns, and it means, it says in the Amplified, once and for all. Cast it. Now, this is not fishing. We are not casting a fishing line. I've used this example before. When you're casting a fishing line, what do you do? You start reeling it back in. This is not the type of casting we're talking about. When you are taking your worry and concern, you're saying you're casting it to him, as the Amplified says there, it says once and for all. That means you're going down to Walnut Creek or Elk Creek and you're casting a stone across that creek and saying it's gone. You're not going to find that stone again, are you? You're not going to find it. There's a thousand, a million stones down there at the creek. Actually, Kenny and I, we would go down there sometimes down to, I think it's Elk Creek, We'd go down to Elk Creek and the girls would be off doing something and we'd be skipping rocks. We'd be looking at targets on the other side, trying to hit targets. And we're, we could, Kenny and I could never find that rock again. But this is what he's saying. Cast your care. Throw it to him and don't go looking for it anymore. Don't reel it back in like a fishing pole. Throw it over the side. Get rid of it. Give it to him. I know that this is hard. Like this is, I get it. It's not as, oh, well, Pastor Jason, just throw it. Yay, that's good. But no, you have to throw it and then be intentional about keeping it out there. Be intentional about keeping it. Because what the enemy will do is he'll start moving the waves to try to bring that same rock back to you and say, no, 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 no. It's got to go. It has to stay out there. I don't want it anymore. Take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Say, no, 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 I don't think so. So it says we cast all of our cares on him. Why? Because guess what, church? He cares for you. He loves us and he cares for us. He knows the numbers of hair on my head. Less every day. (laughs) 
but he knows the numbers on my head. Come on. Nobody knows. How, how does he know that? Because he cares for you. He loves you so much. He cares about that. He, for he loves you affectionately. And he, I love this. And he cares about you watchfully. Yes. He's watching over us. If he's watching over us, how, if we could imagine him watching over us, how much easier would it be for us to bow humbly under his hand and say, Father God, you got this. You got this. You got this. The second one, enemies of a strong spirit, yielding to the flesh. Yes, come on, I said it. Yes, this happens. <laughs> this happens. Someone cuts you off and you're yielding to the flesh. Right? This is a rubber band. that gets, You are yielding to the flesh. But what happens is, is it wants to seep in. It wants to get on the inside of that watermelon and start to weaken it from the inside. And we have to say no to the flesh. And I love that scripture uh, that Paul says, and I can't even, I can't even quote it, but he says, I, I do the things I wish I didn't do, but I don't do the things I wish I would do, and I do the things that I don't want to do. You know, you know the scripture I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Like, so the apostle Paul is dealing with the flesh. Okay, so it's okay. We are dealing with the flesh. I get it. Even when the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament is dealing with the flesh. I get it. We are dealing with the flesh, but what we cannot do is yield to the flesh. In Psalm 31.10, the New Living Translation says, sin has drained my strength. (laughs) Sin has drained my strength. You know, your spirit man has been made completely whole, righteous, and perfect when you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So what happens is what the sinning that happens is from a fleshly perspective. Our sin is what... So we, if we yield to the flesh, it is then most likely that we end up having sin and challenges in our life. It says here, it says, Sin will take you further than you ever wanted to go, keep you longer than you ever wanted to stay, and make you pay a higher price than you ever wanted to pay. This is what sin does in our life. What happened to Samson? Samson became weak because he was sleeping with the Philistines. But 1 Peter 2.11 says, Abstain from the fleshly lusts, which war against the soul. This is a constant battle. A constant battle. Our flesh wants satisfaction. It wants immediate gratification. And we have to say no in Jesus' name. You know, the enemy comes to... What does he do? The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And the first thing he wants to do is steal. And he wants to steal that word of God that you are planting. He's trying to uproot that word of God in your life. Because ultimately he wants to kill. And he wants to take you down a fleshly path of death and destruction. And when he means destroy there, I believe he's talking about generations. And so the 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 problem with sin, there's a lot of problems with sin, but the problem with sin is that it leads to death and destruction. But Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, came and conquered the grave so that you and I no longer have to be a slave to sin. No longer. So we can say to the flesh, uh, no, in Jesus' name. And it takes practice. It takes work. I get it. It's difficult, but it has to be done because it's coming after our spirit, man. It's trying to weaken our spirit. Number three is an overloaded life. Overloaded life. In Luke 10, 40, Amplified Version says, But Martha, 
overly occupied and too busy, T-O-O, T-O-O, too busy, was distracted with much serving. Church, we can serve ourselves into an overloaded life, which is not any good for us. There are so many times that we do so many things that we think are good, but when you put them all together, they're not actually helpful to us anymore. Just because it's a good thing does not mean that it's a God thing. Have an overloaded life, too many irons in the fire, too many projects, overcommitted. The day planner that's full all the time. Having an overloaded life is like jumping in the deep end and then just staying there. Jumping in the deep end and staying there. We can't live our lives completely in overload mode. I read a book a long while back. It was, I don't know if the name of the book was called Margin, uh, but it, it, it was a great concept. And really, it's a biblical concept. But at the end of the day, what the margin is, is there's like this line that we have in which we can't take anymore a lot of times when things begin to happen. But if we operate in our life so close to that line, so and like overloaded or right at that line, anything that happens above the next rubber band that comes at us smacks us right up against that line. Overloaded life, watermelon goes. We have to be diligent about protecting our spiritual time, the time that we have with the Lord, our prayer time. These are the most important things in our life, yet we don't always prioritize it. But what those things do is they give us this margin in our life. So when things happen and the enemy tries to put another rubber band, we're still bouncing within our margin zone. And you know when you are at an overloaded life when the smallest things begin to set you off. I know, church, I know. I know when I'm there. I know when I'm there. When one kid asks me, like, the most simple question, like, the most ridiculous thing, it's even a fair question. I'm just like, what? No! Get, no! It's bedtime! Like, whoa! Like, Jason, cool down, man. Like, you know that, that I realize then, like, I am, if I am operating like that on a daily basis, I know that I am too close to my overload line. And I need to really, there's a, a quote by one of, maybe it was one of the founding fathers, I don't remember who it was, but the quote goes something like this. It said, I had so much to do that I had to spend another hour in prayer. I had so much to go do that I had to spend an extra hour in prayer. I mean, it just defies logic, but guys, God doesn't work with logic. God works in the spiritual realm, and he knows if you spend an extra hour, I'm not saying pray for an hour, but go ahead if you want to. I think you should. But if you are praying for an extra hour, you say, but that's a whole hour. I could have got this done. I could have got that done. I could have got this done. But he knows. He's making the way. He's paving the path. You know how many hours we could have spent on Google watching message after message after ch- You know how many churches there are in Pittsburgh? You know how many churches? There is hundreds of churches. This Allison Park Church has six campuses. How do we know what campus to go to? How, how do you know? Because we spend some time in prayer and the Holy Spirit will lead you. And he gives you a, a, the productivity in your life when you listen to him and when he, you let him lead you. That's right. and then you don't have to live this over. It doesn't mean you don't have a lot on your plate. Shoot, we got eight kids in church and whatever. There's a lot on the plate. But that doesn't mean that I have to live an overloaded life does not mean we have to live in overload. It's not how much responsibility we have. It has nothing to do with how much God has given us responsibility for. It's how are, well are we 
controlling the things that are going on in our own life? How are we controlling those things? Number four is relationship problems. We all know that this is, this is difficult. We're in the people business. We want to see people reach for Jesus. It says in Genesis 27, 46, and I love this, it says, I'm sick and tired of these local Hittite women. I would rather die than see Jacob marry one of them, right? So I laugh every time I read that because, you know what, we don't have to be sick and tired, right? This is one of the things we need to be careful about what we say. But what this is saying, it's just saying, man, it is difficult, and we intentionally have to develop the relationships that are in our life. Relationship problems come to attack, and they weaken the strength of our watermelon. We must seek to resolve issues. We have to seek to resolve conflict. We can't let them linger. You know, there are arguments that will end up draining us, but we can be strong, and we can ask the Holy Spirit. We can ask for Jesus. We say, Jesus, help me in this situation. Help restore this relationship. Because I don't know about you, man, but if Liz and I are in, you know, a marital spat, yes, this happens. Like, if we're in a marital spat or something, it's like, oh, yeah. It's like, oh, my goodness. It's like all you can think about. Oh, no. oh, yeah, what do you want? Go have another cookie, whatever. Noel, go eat another cookie. Right, I mean, it's just like all of a sudden, like, you're not even, like, it's just, it's tough. So we have to be very diligent about our relationship challenges. And number five, I love this one. This is spiritual leeches. And there's a list of spiritual, you know what a leech is? Besides gross. <laughs> leech, oh, they leech on you and they suck the blood out of you. They just leech on and they don't want to let go and they drain you and they drain you and they drain you. You know what? They're kind of hard to get off. Anybody ever have, actually have a leech on them? I'm not raising my hand because I never had. They're not easy to, I, mean, I don't know what, you, you don't have to tell me what you have to do to get them off. I don't even want to know. But I imagine that it's pretty gross getting them off. You probably bleed a little bit, you know, when they come off. But there are things in our life that are spiritual leeches, and this is what they are. Condemnation. Condemnation. We start condemning ourselves. We say, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. You start going down this, this avenue of self-pity and start saying, oh, my goodness, woe is me. And if I would have done this, I should have done that. I could have done this. Blah, 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 blah. When we start going, you are actually taking a leech and just like sticking it right on your arm. Like, we, gotta, we can't do that. We can't do that. Jealousy is a spiritual leech. When we start looking around at what somebody else has or what somebody else is doing, or, you know, quite honestly, if I would sit there and I would watch Paul's preaching all the time, I'd be like, shoot, man, I need to have him come up every Sunday. What am I doing up here? Right? But that's not what this God called me to be in this situation right here. And he's called Paul to be doing what he's called to do. But if I would have focused my attention on him or somebody else, I would start to get jealous. I would start to be in self-pity and self-doubt. No. That's a spiritual leech. It's like putting another leech on. God has created us all to do things in the, in, the, in the body of Christ. Offense. Oh, my goodness. Offense. The bait of Satan, as, as John Bevere calls it. Well, the Bible calls it that. But, you know, his whole book on, if you've never read it, I would suggest reading it. But the bait of Satan is offense. Bitterness. Oh, what a spiritual. I mean, bitterness is a, is a, le- a spiritual leech. It is a physical leech, too. And they have linked bitterness 
to diseases, to cancer, to, like they scientifically have proven this. And this is what God wants us to understand, that we have to rebuke these things in our life, we have to get rid of them in our life, they can't be part of our life anymore. Strife is another one, unforgiveness is another one, and judging others. Come on, church, we're not called to judge each other. We're not called to judge each other. The Bible clearly says it's God's job to do the judging. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do the convicting. And it's our job to do the loving. It's our job to do the loving. If we would focus on loving and not judging, our lives could be so radically different. But think of that. If you have some of these on you, and I, I know sometimes I have some of these on we have got to get those leeches off of us. No more condemnation. No more jealousy. No more bitterness. No more strife. No more unforgiveness. If we can get rid of these things, And how do we get rid of these things? We're going to talk about that in the coming weeks. There's three things we have to go do, and it's diet, rest, and exercise. Diet, rest, and exercise. It's like athletic training. My girls are dancers, man. They're like always thinking about diet, rest, exercise. These are things that I want to talk to you in the coming week because our time is done about what those mean in the spiritual realm. What does it mean to diet, to rest, and to exercise our spirit, man, to become stronger, to block, to make that watermelon nice and whole so anything that's trying to get in there can't get in there, cannot take root, and then it doesn't matter how many rubber bands the enemy tries to put around, he cannot crush our spirit. Because the Bible clearly says that it's God's plans and purposes, not the enemy's plans and purposes that will prosper in our life. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this evening. We thank you, Father, that you are good. You are a good, good Father. Father, I just pray for a strengthening of each person here. Father, I just think I cast down every leech that is on them now in the name of Jesus. We speak against condemnation, against jealousy, offense, bitterness, strife, unforgiveness, judging, and they must go in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that every care, every worry, every concern that we have, Father, that we will cast it out to you. Father, if it tries to come back, we will keep throwing it out there and we will take captive of every thought. Father, I just pray for relationships, for strength in those relationships, Father. I pray for strengthening of marriages tonight. And Father, I just pray that those who are operating on the margin level, that you would show each and every one of them how to have some space in their life, how to have some room to reflect that they would prioritize the things that they need to prioritize in their life, which is time with you, which is worshiping you, which is reading your word, praying, just being in your presence. Because, Father, your presence changes everything. One minute with you is better than a thousand anywhere else. And we thank you, Father, that tonight we had some time in your presence. And Father, I just pray a blessing over each person here that they will enter your presence each and every day. And as they do, their spirit man will strengthen day by day. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're a little bit over tonight, so have a good night. Enjoy the summer weather out there and drive safely. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. 
You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org where you may sign up to receive our monthly faith communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today. And always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.